Fuck skeletons. Fuck Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 117. Where have you been? We've been waiting here all this time. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. It's a Box Cutters world. Welcome. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. You don't know that? I, I don't I know. I was that. expecting you to know that. Of course. It's Mr. Gene Simmons's Kodak presentation from The Apprentice. You've been watching oh, The Apprentice? I have not. You know what? I watched the first episode ah. and then uh, and then haven't been watching it because I've been catching up on a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of other television. Catch up on it. It's better. It's, it's good stuff. It's, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> Amorosa, better than before. That's yeah. that's how she how she was in that first episode uh, was because now she expects to be treated like a celebrity and she's clearly not. She she has trouble getting her ego on as much as she would like. I think. I well, think the other uh, the other egos wedge her out a little. It is so. it is very hard when Stephen Baldwin is there. Yes, yes, and that British judge of whatever show it is. Yes, making those dry British quips. It's very and it's the cold. Uh, and it was is she's th- that woman who's. Like the head of Telemundo or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I don't want to say too much, but she's not doing her career any good at all. No. Is she in the B-Man costume? So, you've been watching the, uh, the Celebrity Apprentice I have. over I have. summer? I have. A- anything else that's taken your fancy? I-, I love summer television because you get to catch up on... All things, all the things that you've downloaded <laughs> that, that you haven't necessarily been got the chance to watch during the year. So uh, uh, we caught up on the second season of The Wire. Ah, yes, which was fantastic to watch that, uh, and also finally caught up on Friday Night Lights. Only four or five behind. Ah, uh, which so is that was, uh, so that was great. But then, of course, once the tennis starts, um, I, uh, I end up watching a bit of the tennis. Uh, but also, as well as The Apprentice, uh, Asian Amazing Race. Yes, Asia, I, I, I've been watching Asian Amazing Race as well as uh, as, as well as Caucasian Amazing Race. Right. Oh, and, well, uh, you see, we uh, my uh, my wife has a policy that uh, we can't watch two Amazing Races at the one time, which is a, a fair policy because it is very hard. I, I found it quite hard in the first few weeks to work out which teams were in which series. It, it is fair enough, but it is that theory is kind of blown out of the water when each week we watch old episodes of The Amazing Race on HD. Ah, yes. So, uh, on, on 7 HD. Well, so, mm. yeah. What's she complaining about, really? Exactly. Yeah. So, we, so, we've left regular Amazing Race, and once we finish Asian Amazing Race, we'll go right through the regular. Well, let me know when you do that, because okay. uh, I have to talk to you about some things. But uh, there's been some amazing stuff in Asian Amazing Race. It's, it's really... I, I still... What did we just do? I forgot what we just did. <laughs> I forgot it. That I was, forgot it. That was terrifying. This, this, girl, <laughs> this girl does a, like a dive from a, a 10-metre board. A pin and, drop. Yeah, a pin drop. Into a pool. Into, into a, a pool. pool. Uh, but no, after- no, no, into a glass of jelly. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, after it, uh, one of the attendants at the pool says, do you want us to get you a medic? Yeah, so she had some- a blood lip. Right. So, so something happened that, that I missed. Mm. She didn't jump too badly, but so- something had happened. Mm. And then, like five minutes later, trying to get a taxi, acting like she's got concussion and a bit of amnesia. <laughs> Couldn't remember anything they just did. Turned around, saw the clue box, Went, which oh, said you have box. to jump in the pool. And- oh, 
oh, there's the clue box. Let's go do the task. And the sister's saying, no, we've done that one. We just need to find a, a taxi. Like, funny, but tragic at the same I'm time. I'm running just- around for like five minutes going, I can't remember what I just did. What did I just do? What did I do? And then once in the taxi, everything's fine. So, clearly a, a little more panic attack than, uh, than, than concussion. But... A little bit frightening as well. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the yeah. biggest drama I've seen yeah. uh, that wasn't just one person shouting at the other person. <laughs> well, we've had, I think we've had the best, most dominant performance we've ever seen in an, in an amazing race with Mark and Revelson. Yes. They, who, time and time again, they're coming in first in almost in an unprecedented They won kind like of, six out of eight. And when they haven't won, they've come second. Yes. Like, they've, they've just been amazing. And on the other end of the scale, we've got Terry and Henry. <laughs> Who were, I think, four days behind at one point. <laughs> <laughs> they really, they were, they were ten hours behind one of the other team, like the the second last team. Mm-hmm. And they and they said at one point with a straight face, "Yeah, we're ten hours behind." We were eighteen hours behind, so clearly we're doing something right. <laughs> so are they still in it? Well, they they conveniently got. Two or three two, consecutive, two consecutive non-elimination. non-elimination. <laughs> they, there, there are three non-elimination rounds on this race, as far as I know. They mm. have had all three of them. <laughs> just, mm. just ridiculous. Uh, I have been watching. We, we will talk about what we're going to talk about later on in the show. Mm. A little bit later on in the show. Uh, we've got to catch up. We do. I've been watching. You know, uh, uh, my friend Sean mm. said to me, Josh, I saw some of this on the plane. And I know you gave me the first few episodes, and neither of us thought very much of it. But after seeing it on the plane, I've downloaded it. Here it is. Gives me everything of 30 Rock from episode six in the first series up until the end of the first series. Really? And said, you have to watch it. 30 Rock, absolutely hilarious. Really? Absolutely hilarious. And we all saw the first... Brett, did you see the first few episodes? Yeah. Yep. We all saw the first few episodes. Not great. No. Roundabout episode... Although you guys were loving Baldwin. Baldwin know? was great. Yep, that's true. Baldwin was great. Yep. But... And, round- and I think if I remember correctly, you attempted to keep watching just for him at I, one point. I was. Mm. And probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm caught up now. Uh, he, uh, he, he was great. The problem was all the other characters. Around about episode six, all the other characters really come into their own and they work out what the show is actually about and uh, and follow it through. And it's there was a moment towards the end of the first season where I actually almost fell off the couch. I was laughing that hard. It is a, a very funny show. All the characters are so, so well developed now, seemingly so quickly, and they've just got their jokes down pat. Hmm. So I've been watching a, a lot. Have you of seen that. any of series two? Uh, yes, I've seen the first uh, six or seven episodes. How's of series two. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld is interesting, right? He's. I mean, the, the thing is, he's never been a great actor, mm. <laughs> and uh, even playing himself, not a great actor. But uh, he is playing himself as the famous Jerry Seinfeld, so that kind of works quite well. The cameos they get in Thirty Rock. Uh, it's seemingly every episode has someone famous in it doing something that's going to embarrass them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, the whole the whole thing I find very impressive. So I recommend giving that another go. Also caught up on East West One Hundred and One. The the rest oh, yeah. of the mm. uh, the six episodes. And uh, it got better. 
it got better, but it was still just a little bit too melodramatic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they go a little bit far. Did you watch the rest of it, Ray? Yes, yeah, definitely. That, I, I you, thought it was compelling and, and I... You know that episode... Don't that, concur with, with your William McGuinness... Uh, I hate William McGuinness. ...school of about, acting uh, problems. What acting? Lot, lots of people say he's fantastic in it. Yeah. Lot, would you would agree Tormented with and, you know, he's yeah. lost his son. Whereas, whereas I think William McGuinness's acting is set entirely by his wardrobe and people are very easily fooled by the same acting that he did in Blue Heelers, but instead of being in uniform, now he's kind of dishevelled with a shirt that's badly ironed and his hair's all must. I think that's that's the extent to, to which he's... Anyway, I've, I've, when, I've when read and heard aside, a lot of reviews of East West 101, and I have to say you're the only person yeah, who, but you, who but you know I not only thing. doesn't like him, but... You know, has anything even remotely negative to say? Every, all the other praise has been glowing. Well, I can I can say that 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 being one of my major problems for the show mm-hmm. is not going to have an effect on any second series, right? <laughs> well, uh, without, it's hard without, to see how it's going to go to a second series because of the well, way that it's all kind of wrapped up. At well, the end yes, of the, but the same thing with uh, series three of Weeds, which I also caught up on. You, you can tell what happened at the end of East West One Hundred and One. It's been on. We can reveal what happened. Uh, he falls off a building. Really and dies. Hmm. And he, he essentially chooses to fall off a building and dies. Oh. He's uh, yeah. Uh, the character, the character was very good. I just didn't find him convincing. But my my biggest problem with it was was it's uh, trying to go over the top with with melodrama. And in that episode where uh, they send the islander guy in as a, as a mole wearing a wire to try to bring down this big drug dealer, and uh, and this woman who uh, is upset with the fact that two weeks later her father's murder still hasn't been solved, uh, finds the drug dealer, goes into a cafe where he is and starts shooting randomly and uh. shoots the Islander guy who was all full of promise and was going to turn his life around. So that that kind of little bit of... You know bit what? Like the guy in the white in the uh, blue shirt on Star Trek going down to the planet that you, you know they're going to go. Yeah, it just, it just didn't need that. Uh, I think uh, I think it, it would have been a lot more credible and and a lot less uh, a lot less. Oh come on, guys! If uh, which is a, an actual uh, dramatic term. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if it didn't have that, but I did I did watch it all the way through, and uh, and uh, you know I, I do realise that I was being unfairly harsh on it when I was reviewing it first time around. And it was good that it's uh, kind of because the first three episodes were were basically ethnicity of the week. Yes. So I was looking at a different different group uh, in Sydney, um, but it actually got out of that. The, the last three the last three episodes are a lot better than the first three episodes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, and I was also watching uh, Stupid Stupid Man, okay. which, which is, is the coming to, channel, uh, coming ABC. to ABC uh, in uh, in February. So uh, and that was uh, in, that's all right. I, I'm a bit starved for uh, Australian sitcom, so. I'm kind of at a point where I'll pretty much watch anything. Uh, but it's it's not bad. I mean, the performances are very good. Uh, Wayne Hope is, is very good in it. Bob Franklin's always enjoyable to watch. Uh, Matthew Newton is is all right in it. Uh, better than The Librarians? Yeah, it is. It's a lot better than The Librarians. A lot better than The Librarians. Did that go anywhere in the end, Librarians? Did it go in my way? Did it go anywhere in the end? You said after the first couple, um, you, you thought it was going somewhere. No, not particular. Right. No. <laughs> No. What have you been watching over summer, Brett? Uh, I East West 101. Mm-hmm. I caught up with the end of that. Kid Nation, which uh, you oh, guys wrote yeah. off as child exploitation. <laughs> child exploitation. Which, um, uh, which I stand by. <laughs> we, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know about that. 
Um, but it's interesting and, you know, th- mm. it's good that you can have a reality show like that that is team-based but it doesn't have a vote off the island at the end. Yeah. And and I've been I've been emotionally touched by it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Are you sure it, not intellectually touched? Yeah, <laughs> not intellectually <laughs> touched. Um, but I've just been watching that on Channel 10 as it's yep. been showing yep. and run uh, Friday nights. Top Gear, interestingly, SBS brought back before uh, the rating season was back, um, which kicked off, well, which kicked off with uh, the North Pole race uh, Huskies versus uh, uh, Toyota or Nissan truck thing. Um, and then the next which, week had the crash, and then had the crash, which was which seemed a terrible waste out of rating seasons, rating season mm. for SBS to do that. Mm. Well, yeah, but SBS doesn't care about ratings; they uh, just care about revenue, and we'll, we'll find out more about that <laughs> uh, in, in the news. We've also got coming up later in the show. Oh, sorry, did you have another thing that you were watching? Uh, and uh, Shandon Pictures, which is again better than Librarians. Oh, oh, oh it's good. You, you've it? got a copy of that. I uh, yes. If you could uh, share that, that would be great. I can do that. Yep. Mm. Uh, We've got some I Don't Buy It's. It's been a whole summer of ads. It has. And, uh, I think these two I Don't Buy It's, though, are from the uh, tennis. Right. Oh. Excellent. Mm. Uh, we've got, we're going to do a review of a British show called uh, Peep Show, which has been around for a couple of years. Since 2003. Mm. Uh, and, but uh, it's only just started to be shown here. It started, they just started showing it on ABC2, I think. Oh, really? Right. Or have they been showing it for a while on ABC2? I'm not sure. No, no I didn't idea. know that it was here at all. Yeah. Um, they, but they've just finished the fourth season in the UK. I think I think it's fairly recently just started on ABC2. Right. A- ABC2, for me, is uh, flicking it over and, and seeing if maybe there isn't a repeat of Four Corners on. Oh, that might be interesting. Landline, state line. Yeah. Really? And, uh, and, and really? There was, yeah, really. I, I, There's a lot of that. Compared to the rest of the HD channels... Uh, you know, compared to... It's not HD. I it's, know, but compared, compared to, to Channel 10 digital channels, and 7 yeah. 2, it, it has more interesting stuff. Well, there, there, it, there was it, a, it is a separate channel. Yes. Yes, it is. And there was a not bad uh, Sonic Youth documentary that I saw. Mm. Uh, yeah, it has, over, it has a few interesting things like that. Uh, quite a lot of concerts. Which was a replay of some JTV stuff? No, no, no. Which was, which was actually a, a documentary done by some New York filmmaker uh, about Sonic Youth uh, from... Maybe five years ago, mm. uh, and just, just after all their uh, all their uh, instruments were stolen. So you know, th- a lot of talking about well, what do we do now? And I've been watching. I've got quite a few good documentaries on as well. I've been watching uh, one about uh, the paparazzi, which I think screened on the ABC a while ago, but now getting run on ABC too, which I've been loving, which has been really interesting about that Australian uh, celebrity. Paparazzi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Somebody Lions. Can't think of his first name. Gary. No. Used to play for Melbourne. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, th- I think ABC, too, has some interesting stuff. Well, we're, uh, we're going to finish this show up. It seemingly started, <laughs> but we, we are going to finish it with, uh, with some pork. Uh, as always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. In Won't You Please Shut Up About It, You're Wrong, and Just Because Nobody Else uh, Thinks That You're Right Doesn't Make You Right, Please Shut Up About It, You're Wrong news, uh, Mr. Sean Brown, Managing Director of SBS, has come out again and said that uh, public broadcasters will, quote, suffer a slow and painful death by irrelevance if they don't start advertising. 
sorry, irrelevance ended the quote. Mm. If they don't start advertising a lot more and then goes on to quote that BBC uh, doing a, a lot more advertising uh, and uh, and SBS, yes, people complain about their ads being uh, in the middle of shows, but they've earned $10 million <laughs> since they've included ads in the, in the middle of their shows and isn't advertising great. And please, please love advertising in some countries. They don't have advertising. Uh, that's that's pretty much what Sean Brown is saying, and he just won't shut up about it. No, he keeps it's like going every on about second it. week. Mm. There's an article like this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, a trouble shared is a trouble halved. I think he figures that if ABC put in advertising, there'd be many more people focused on that than than their than SBS's advertising. Yeah, I honestly I don't see that happening any any time. So the ABC does uh, does make money from the ABC shops and and their products, mm. which uh, interestingly enough. Uh, uh, Patricia, uh, what's her name? Pat- Patricia? Heaton. No, <laughs> not Patricia Heaton. I've just lost that bit of paper. Uh, Patricia Edgar uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and Barbara Biggins, uh, both uh, formerly Australian Children's Te- Television Founda- Foundation people. Oh, sorry, uh, Edgar was uh, Australian Children's Television Foundation, and uh, and Biggins was uh, on the Australian Council on Children and the Media. Have both come out and said that uh, advertising and uh, and and product placement and uh, and pushing products on children is ruining television. So they'll have a fight on their hands. I think mm. the ABC, if they ever try to do that any more yep. than they do, I, I think so. In uh, recently breaking news. Wayne Carey was arrested in Melbourne on Sunday night. Uh, I, I don't have all the details. Apparently, there was some sort of dispute with his wife at his apartment. He he apparently with his wife with it, wife or girlfriend girlfriend possibly. I heard there no, were no. two girls in the apartment. Oh, okay. well, that that would cause a spat with his wife, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he. From what I heard, he called the police. Then when the police came, uh, came five carloads of police came. He refused to let them, let them into his apartment. So they had to spray. There was some capsicum spray involved, some handcuffs. Long story short, he ended up at the uh, he ended up at the police station. Brett, I believe you have even even later breaking news on this. Uh, well, th- 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 tonight, just tonight, which is Monday, Monday. night, uh, Channel Seven have actually aired uh, exclusive CCTV footage. Um, of him being taken into custody. Oh, really? <laughs> really, really? Channel Seven doing uh, doing a story on a Channel Nine personality. Yeah, yeah. How odd. Interestingly, how odd. Well, I, I think this uh, this puts Channel Nine. Uh, this is a bit of a conundrum for Channel Nine. I think uh, undoubtedly Kerry is a fantastic talent in terms of footy classified. He he he's a great panelist. He has a, an interesting insight into the game. His his excellent knowledge of the game. I mean, as yep. far as players uh, of the last fifteen years, yep. he's easily in the top five. However, unfortunately, he he has this uh, terrible personality and this, uh, to put it nicely, a uh, a self destructive streak, which which I think puts Channel Nine in in a bit of an odd position. It's kind of like with footballers when they behave badly, the the amount of penalty they get seems to be determined by not ha- what what the offence is, but how important they are to the club you know whether it's you know if it's, if it's their best player they they tend to get less sanctions than you know say a under 19 player might so say a uh, rookie or, who or would say, cost uh, uh, collingwood football club their primary sponsorship yeah, yeah. say yeah. say yeah. for example <laughs> uh but i i just i think this is an interesting position i think uh i 
because he got himself into trouble last year for making comments about uh i think it was jonathan hay who's had trouble with uh uh with depression and uh, Kerry making smart ass allusions to uh he shouldn't have been going to the races and maybe he would have uh would have killed himself allegedly Kerry was saying this uh off you know when the camera when the cameras were off but uh was still picked up by the mics and and went to air i i I think it's I think it's a real problem for Channel since, 9. Since since 1999 2000 even even before that since uh, about 95 mm. Kerry has been a huge problem for anyone who who takes him. Yep. And uh and you know he he is both a loaded gun and a loose cannon. Yes. <laughs> but but is he important enough as a as a commentator of the game for Channel Nine to persist with him, or is he just going to be offloaded? Or are they going to keep an eye on his Q rating? And, and once the public turns against him, he'll be off. I think it's, so the, Q, the, it's the Q rating. Mm. That's the only reason he's because he's so much trouble mm. and uh, and would cost them a lot in uh, in, in publicity yep. and uh, and in, in trying to. Clean up problems, and then possibly also in court with with legal fees and, and things that they could just be spending money on elsewhere. But that show without him, footy classified without him, just wouldn't have been the same show. No, it, it would just be uh, Caro and the other guy fighting all the time. Yeah, yeah. But even even then, I just it, it just would it just would lack so much personality that it's got now. So. Uh, it's, I think we don't get Shane Crawford or get, if there's any other number of retired footballers that know what's going on and know all the blokes see, still playing. See, I don't, I don't think so. I agree with what Josh said earlier. I think he's, he's probably top two or three former player who who can, you know, who who can articulate his views and who 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 really understands the game and has has that unique kind of perspective. I mean, you have Shane Crawford on; he'd be making, you know dick jokes the whole time and think he's hilarious I'm but not sure he that, wouldn't have that the same may insight. be what he does on the footy show because that's the kind of culture that the footy show is but yeah. footy classified isn't like that no that's but true then, but and who else could you get i mean you could get steve silvani but have you seen steve silvani on camera no i haven't I mean, this, this is this is what i'm saying steve silvani he's he knows a lot about the game but he, he's nowhere near as erudite as uh, as Wayne Carey is, I, I wouldn't call him a talent. No, I mean, he, he's very talented on the field. But who but else? Who else are you going to get mm. in that? Who, who is who is that well regarded a player who mm. can actually talk about the game? Uh, in ben Cousins. <laughs> ben Cousins is busy. He's uh, he's, he's in the US. Well, he's not so. busy playing footy. No, but he's you know he's got to get. I, I saw a very a spelling error on his tattoo, and he's got to get that fixed. <laughs> there was a very funny uh, Fred Negro cartoon that uh, that he did early December, sort of December five or six, I think, and uh, and it was a Ben Cousins saying, "Woohoo! Only two sleeps till Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor, poor Ben Cousins. But I mean, that's it. Who, who are you going to get? There's yeah. uh, ch- Channel Lines. In a quandary because they've got this show, this very good show that relies on this talent mm. who is at the same time an unknown. I mean, is, yep. is he going to turn yep. up next week or is he going to be and, that, and that's why Channel, in jail? You just never know. Clearly, that's why Channel 7 decided not to pick him up and use him for any of their sports shows. Uh, t- when they got the football rights, it was rumoured that, that he'd be leaving and when Foxtel was closing because he was... He was working for Foxtel. It was rumoured he'd be going to Channel 7, but I think Channel 7 obviously decided 
he's probably too much baggage with him. Well, it's interesting with this that, uh, you know, you'd think that uh, being Channel 7, they might just let Channel 9... Um, writhe in their their agony awkwardness of uh, one of their top personalities going but uh, the question which and this is from the uh, TV Tonight website um, about the CCTV footage is that uh, there's some speculation that they've paid $20,000 for it and in fact paid for stolen uh, goods oh <laughs> And, Ch- Channel, uh, Se- Channel 7 doing something a little bit dodgy to get a story on one of their rivals. Never. <laughs> it happened that uh, the reporter for 7 was again Dylan Howard, who oh, was embroiled kidding. in the uh, medical records last year. Yep. Right. Wow. Interesting. Good on them. Good on them. Uh, Ray Martin is upset while we're on, uh, on Channel 9 News. Uh, apparently, uh, last week, Channel 9, there was a rumour that Sunday was going to move... From to Monday. Night, well, that, that'd that be interesting. <laughs> Saturday afternoon. That would also be, be interesting and probably a lot better for it. No space, wild world of sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, from 9am, a time when they have started oh, since uh, time immemorial, I think. <laughs> for the last 150 years that television's been around in Australia, uh, Sunday has been on at 9am on a Sunday unless there have been special circumstances like uh, an election or they had to start early before the cricket or something like that. Yep. Uh, the rumour was that Nine were going to move Sunday to 7.30am to compete with Weekend Sunrise on 7, mm-hmm. and that it would end at 930 uh, and then lead into the new revamped Wide World of Sports. Ray Martin the next day uh, was uh, was quoted as, as saying that uh, he would now, quote, need to talk, end quote, to senior management about his role in Sunday and uh, uh, and also, according to The Australian, said, It's news to me, and if it's true, it's an interesting departure from 25 years of tradition. At 7.30, it becomes a very different program. Uh, and, uh, and he's, by reports, not sure if he's going to do it. Mm. Very interesting. Yes. Ray, you're here, you're not here, make a decision. How's his Q-Rowing going? Well, according to, uh, according to John Saffron's... TV show that didn't actually ever make it to air. He uh, he doesn't like to get up too early in the mornings anyway, right? No, no, he doesn't. He, he gets very upset, especially if uh, some possum is going through his bin. Very upset. <laughs> uh, over the pond uh, in the UK... One what, of- what do you mean, over the pond? <laughs> Are we in America? <laughs> the pond of the... the oh, which way is it? I don't know. <laughs> what about... Over the equator. <laughs> How about that? From the northern hemisphere. <laughs> what about, why don't you just start calling it the mother country, Bresh? In UK news, but affecting the ABC, uh, the only original 1984 cast member left on the bill has tried to kill himself after being sacked from the show. Jeff Stewart, who plays PC Reg Hollis, slashed his wrists in his uh, dressing room after being told his contract would not be renewed. Um, he then called for help and uh, was helped. Yes, I think. Uh, I think honestly, he must have other problems going on. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I uh, don't know. The decision to sack him was after get, a, a, a furious onset outburst. You get institutionalised. 
It's like people who've been in prison for too long. <laughs> they don't want to That's get let out. <laughs> yes, we've all seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. That must be what the bill is like. I think it's like that. <laughs> remember that episode of the bill when they were all tarring the roof? <laughs> He's currently in hospital uh, being cared for. Well, that's uh, it's that's it, very sad. It's it, it is very sad. Well, it's sad that, that, that the circumstances have led to the last original member of the cast being dropped. Although you know the bill's not nothing like what it was back in when it started. Back but for it's, its first ten years or whatever. But as we heard with uh, when when Alex Paps was on talking about Home and Away and how much that has changed, I think any show that has that much longevity has to change over time. Uh, the thing with the bill is nobody was happy with the changes, it seemed, especially when it went to that... Uh, to, it went from an hour to a half-hour format, or vice versa. Vice versa, I think, uh, and became a lot more involved with the romantic yes. interludes, less about the... Well, the um, original show was nothing... It was all about the the job, and there wasn't actually any, any of the stories that covered their private lives outside of the job. And then it turned into a soapy, and it was all about private lives. And Can, can you think of any dramas, though, where they've made... Wholesale changes and people have liked them. Uh, All Saints has uh, All Saints improved <laughs> its uh, it, its ratings considerably after getting rid of uh, Ward Seventeen or, or whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and moving to the ER. That's the. Uh, this, I mean, I, I find a lot more watchable now than uh, mm. than beforehand. Mm. Uh, but generally, generally, I think all saints aside, generally, I think people don't like changes to their shows, and you 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 kind of you isolate your core audience, and you don't necessarily pick up new audience. Yes, Ellen changed considerably after the first series, and uh, and lasted quite a long time. Mm. But uh, any other show I can think of, no, Ch- mm. changing a show is. Uh, it's it's like forcing someone to move house. Yeah, it's it, it really is. Yeah. that devastating. Uh, ABC is in the process of rebranding itself. Uh, the, Ow! <laughs> the ABC will now be known as ABC One, and but it's uh, Channel Two. No, no, no. ABC One, but it's on Channel Two. <laughs> ABC One with the new slogan. It begins with one. So does it? Is it now Channel One? No, that's that's 10 HD. Right. So where's where's the ABC? ABC is Channel Two, but it's but ABC it begins one. with one. Yeah, that's not confusing at all. <laughs> so uh, so is uh, is ABC Two Channel Four? No, ABC Two is still ABC Two, but with the uh, fantastic new slogan, "Bring out the two in you." Br- bring out the two in you. What? Mm. Where is the Where is the two in me? To, to <laughs> am I missing? Is, does everybody else have a two, and I don't have one, and I'm missing out? <laughs> what, what is with shit television slogans at I'm, the moment? I mean, we heart TV. Bring out the two in you. I mean, this is just it's just all junk. Surely there's some, you know, some writers they can employ who don't just go with the first idea they come up with. Uh, no, that wouldn't be the ABC way. The uh, <laughs> I've heard a, a rumour for uh, the slogan for ABC3 is, mm. no one's sure if we exist yet. Right. It's very uh, catchy. I thought it was going to be ABC3, wowee. <laughs> yes, because they are rhyming. Or it's, mm. it's a little like we. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think it's a bad move. I, I think it's a bad move as well. What's wrong with ABC and ABC2? Exactly. Exactly. There's no one had any confusion over that. Apparently, and that's not similar, not different enough to. Uh, oh no, it's too different from BBC One and BBC Two. But but it's it's not an arm of the BBC. Why do we have to I, copy? I think I think they would beg to differ. Oh, okay, 
No, and, I, and, I think it is. And, just, of course, it makes it easier for them to then follow the BBC's advertising campaigns and, and you know, self-promo stuff. Well, I think, just uh, rip off. I think Sean Brown at SBS would love that. <laughs> he, he, he wants to be SBS1. Now, I think, Sean Brown, <laughs> just uh, just going according to that. That's I think that's terrible, ABC. Uh, Brett, you have, uh, you have something about religion on television. Yes, uh, late night viewers may be familiar with the names Benny Hinn and uh, what's the other <laughs> <one>? <laughs> And Creflo A. Dollar. Ah, yes, Creflo A. Dollar, one of the most successful televangelists in the world. Well, while they're uh, being broadcast over here on our free-to-air networks, they're being investigated in the U.S. by the U.S. Senate, uh, looking into their finances. Uh, Benny Hinn has uh, actually said that he'll refuse to hand over financial documents to the inquiry, saying that the church was accountable to God and would respond to the Senate by January 30, but not hand, hand over those documents. Right. Does it make any difference to the shows? No, I'm sure it won't unless unless they end up getting um, found guilty of something and locked up. I find it hard to believe that religious men like that could be dodgy. (laughs) Yeah. It's still just a guy up the front of a giant hall yelling at people. Whether they're under investigation or not doesn't really matter, surely. Oh, well, I think think it would probably matter to the congregants of... they're large churches. Oh, yeah, yeah, but not to, and, not to and how much people, are, how much the viewers are actually going to give to uh, each of the evangelical. Oh no, ch- Channel Ten missions. is still getting free filler for yeah, the middle exactly. of the night. Yeah, not the uh, the alcoholics and the uh, uh, lonely people watching at five o'clock in the morning won't care if he's under investigation or not. You know, I, I, you um, you might remember Ross when I had uh, had very bad insomnia. For, for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, and used to watch television every now and then when I'd, I'd wake up and I just wasn't going to fall back asleep, but I was too lazy to do anything else. Watched a little bit of television uh, and came across a lot of those shows and watched a lot of those shows. And, uh, and and it's very, I think it's very easy for somebody who, say, has been up for many, many hours uh, and is in that weakened position to, to succumb to, to whatever... Uh, Kind of theories they're they're using to convince people that what they're saying is the right thing. It's it's exactly the same with the the home shopping. I know a, yeah, a exactly. number of people who middle of the night couldn't sleep, very annoyed that they couldn't sleep, but in a weakened position, ended up buying a mop. Yes, right. <laughs> or, or, or like those ab roller ones. You look yes. at those and you go, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever." Seen. Five minutes a day. Five, five minutes. Five Folds minutes up behind the cupboard. Chuck Norris uses it. <laughs> <laughs> and I could I could use that I could use that I could yeah. I could look like that guy yeah. even though I've got a completely different body type and, yeah. uh, and I think and, I think you're right I think in, you you are weakened by lack of sleep uh, and I, I think uh, I think there's probably a duty for broadcasters to not take advantage of uh, of people in a weakened position but then again that's communist talk so <laughs> I, I won't move on that. On, on that circle, you've got more details on the uh, no, no, Creflo I uh, Well, Channel Ten aren't uh, pulling them off air. A spokesperson for Channel Ten has said uh, she has no specific information about the matter apart from the media reports. They'll keep an eye on developments, and one would think any investigation should be allowed to run its course before passing judgment. Mm. Just quickly, mm. Sue Masters, who was the head of drama at Channel Ten, has stepped down. 
And last week she announced her resignation. Uh, I think it came of as quite a surprise to Channel 10 because they don't have a replacement yet and they won't have a replacement for a few weeks. She hasn't really said why she's stepping down or I haven't found any uh, any reasons why she's stepping down. But Channel 10 drama has not been great or uh, well-received or uh, encouraged by the station no. uh, uh, over time. I mean, Sue Masters co-created Secret Life of Us and uh, and worked on Tripping, Tripping Over, brought White Collar Blue to, to the station and uh, tried to do a, a number of things and, uh, and just never worked on Channel 10. I think it's like drama and game shows yep. just won't work that well on 10. What are they doing for drama at the moment? Neighbours. Well, Neighbours pretty much covers them for local content. Which is a shame, really? I think, because they, they could be doing so much. Well, more. between neighbours and um, and uh, Skit House and is it Skit House? What, what, no, no, the, the wedge. wedge. Between neighbours and the wedge, that's enough to cover them for local drama quite easily. I think they're all out of wedges. Yeah, but I'm sure there's some more Ronnie Johns that they've got tucked away somewhere. They'll uh, they'll they'll come up with something, but mm. I don't think it'll it'll be good. I think Sue Masters is is one of the best in the industry, and be interesting to see where she goes from here. But there is nothing mm. at the moment. Mm. Apart from neighbours. Nothing that I've seen planned. Speaking of departures. Speaking of departures, uh, tragic Channel 9 news. Tony Perrin's <laughs> leaving Australia's Funniest Home Video Show to pursue other opportunities at the network. So she's not uh, turning her back on the entire uh, Channel 9 family. It's believed she'll audition for the, the mint. revamped Young Doctors. Oh, real? oh, going back to acting, Tony mm. Perrin. It's mm. been a long time. Mm. Well, she came from uh, the late 80s soap E Street. Yes. Um, yep. And she's been... How long has she been doing... Funny Sound Videos? About four years? Only that long? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think okay. I think about four years. I would have thought it was longer. No, they had someone else equally as vapid. <laughs> uh, no replacement as yet has been announced. Yes. So uh, what ended up happening, happening with that strike business in the US? The oh, writer's it's, strike. It's still going. It's still going? It's still, still going. Surely not. Letterman's we're, making jokes we're, we're about the three AM, months PHP later. or whatever it is. Surely after three months something would have happened. Well, uh, well, uh, Worldwide Pants, as we uh, discussed on this show, has uh, made a deal with, uh, with the Writers Guild. Quite a, few, uh, quite a few have now, including uh, most recently Lionsgate, which is responsible for Weeds and Mad Men. Yes, so Weeds will so, be having a fourth season, so definitely. Uh, so they're back to work. Who, who's winning, do you think? Uh, well, it's it's really hard to say. I've been listening to to a lot of podcasts about this and, and reading a lot of uh, the Directors Guild made a deal with yep. the AMPTPP Lee. <laughs> and what was the uh, outflow of that? What did they get for their agreement? Uh, Directors Guild basically got everything they wanted. Mm. Uh, people from the Writers Guild are quite upset about that. Uh, the uh, the Writers Guild they they keep trying to say what they want. And I think this is going to be won by uh, the Writers Guild making the deals they want to make with uh, with individual partners. They're, they're, they're making more and more deals. And it's, it's going to be... More and more little, little chunks are falling off, despite the AMPM... PPTT saying that that all bowling league <laughs> saying that that all uh, that all stick strong together. Slowly, there are cracks emerging, and and you'll I think we'll, what we'll see is that when all of the independents have signed with the with the Writers Guild, mm. uh, it'll be a, a long tail effect of well, all these other all these other people are getting to make their shows and make money from their shows. Yep, uh, and you'll see Paramount, NBC, Universal, and uh, and CBS and, and uh, all the all the major players mm. eventually just fall over. I think yeah. that's, that 
that to me seems to be the way it's going to go. Plus, I think uh, the riders are winning their PR battle. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, no, nobody's saying those dirty, stinking riders wanting more money. Everybody's saying it's the big, uh, big conglomerates wanting more money. That's that's terrible. People seem to be supporting the riders still. Yes, uh, that 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 is the way. Although uh, David Milch uh, put it into perspective, saying this strike is not like other strikes. It's not like the greengrocers strike, uh, or the the bag boy strike, whatever it was years ago. <laughs> where, where uh, you know these these are predominantly wealthy people taking a break for, for a, a large part of it, uh, and uh, and there are some writers who are who are doing it hard, but uh, but it's it's not like a lot of other unions striking, and that's that's very important to remember. Mm. Uh, it, it is often being reported as, uh, oh, well, the, the poor writers. Yeah. And, and, and as we've said before on the show, it's the people in between who are the ones who are suffering, the people who've been fired from their jobs, you know, people working on shows who, who won't get anything benefit out of the writers getting more money. Yes. Who, who, who are the ones suffering. Secondly, David Milch, who cares? Who cares what David Milch says? Who cares? Idiot. You've so... Idiot. T- oh, man! <laughs> He created NYPD Blue. Yep. Well, it's Deadwood. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. He, he is, created John from Cincinnati, and he's never being forgiven. He is. He is having heard him speak, uh, a, an irritable nutcase. But <laughs> <laughs> they could do ten more seasons of Deadwood as good as the last three, and I still wouldn't forgive him. Really. Really? Wow, so you're you'll a- cut your nose off to spite your face. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I know that he's never going to do 10 more seasons of Deadwood. <laughs> he's not going to so do 10 more seasons, but he is, <laughs> so he is I can, doing... So I can make that call. He is doing a new show that sounds, uh, that sounds very interesting. Oh, and, really? Uh, is it about a retard surfer? <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's, it's going back to New York police. So right. uh, that, that did sound interesting. But uh, he, he did come across as a bit of a nut bar. And that... Is the box cutters news? Are you one of those that follows? Follows the Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Now I don't watch a lot of tennis, but I uh, I have watched a little bit of tennis this year and uh, and saw between games. Now there there are two. There are two between games scenarios in the tennis. For, the, for those who don't watch, every second game, the players will swap ends, mm-hmm. and uh, every every other game, they they won't. They'll just serve from from either end, and uh, and there is no, there are no ads traditionally between those two games mm-hmm. where where they don't swap ends. The swapping ends is the chance for a couple of ads to be thrown in. Because it's a very short space of time. It's, it's, it's like 10 seconds. 20 seconds, yeah. Uh, well, during one of those breaks of that 20 seconds while someone else is getting ready to serve, suddenly Grant Denya is sitting in the umpire's seat. And <laughs> Mark Wilson, judge on uh, Star Dancers, mm-hmm. starts singing in the crowd. Denya has to tell him to shut up. Start singing It Takes Two. Start singing It Takes Two, baby. Uh, sitting in the crowd. Denya has to tell him to shut up. And this is somehow... And that's pretty much the whole ad. Yeah. And this is somehow supposed to make us want to watch It Takes Two. Mm. Also known as Star Singers. All this really did was uh, succeed in making me never want to watch the tennis ever again. Because <laughs> I really, after that... After that, I just went, 
this isn't what the tennis is about, and uh, and didn't watch it for the and uh, by all reports, quite a good summer of tennis. Mm. I didn't care anymore. I didn't want to see <laughs> that crap. There was quite a few of those. I think there were three or four different ones just for it takes two, and there was one for gladiators where they supposedly had a gladiator sitting in the crowd and they'd uh, digitally altered him to make him even bigger and more imposing than he would be in real life. And they were saying he was eating an ice cream. They were saying, please don't feed the gladiators. And he was growling at the people who were sitting near him. And, and I don't think Channel 7 really understand how important the perception of the audience's uh, concept of the stadium is once you break the integrity of that concept of the stadium, I think it really detracts from the game that you're watching. Mm. You know, the, the stadium is where the tennis happens. Mm. That's not where ads happen. And uh, and don't mix up the two. Yep. I think yep. that's I think that's a very important distinction to make. Yeah. And there was uh, another one for It Takes Two, which was even worse, which was kind of... It was like a, an ad like for a reality series like RPA or, you know, Animal Doctors or something talking about how inspirational it was for all these celebrities in the first season, how much it changed their lives and how they can sing in front of people now and how uplifting it was and just made me want to smash the television. Oh, that's, that's, there is nothing about that show that makes me want to watch it. No, I, I would rather no. watch The Singing Bee. <laughs> now, there's also uh, some some viewer uproar about uh, the way that the commentary team are uh, doing all the the cross promotional thing, and they actually they they actually find well they have a meeting before they go into the tournament and. Uh, they give showreels to the commentators so they they know what they're talking about when when it comes into the uh, time to do the uh, the live reads essentially, um, but apparently it's working. Mm. Really? Well, mm. it's, it's what they've been doing for the last couple of years. On the, uh, the cricket have have done the it cricket. For a while. Have, I think the cricket have really taken it from Channel Seven. Channel Seven did it first, I think, uh, at the start of two thousand and four. Uh, but unfortunately, they had no shows to back it up, so it really didn't work. They were showing endless ads for you know uh, Joe Millionaire and uh, and. Uh, whatever that other one was, Average Joe, and, you know, all this kind of garbage reality stuff. But it was in 2005 when suddenly they had Lost and Desperate Housewives Mm. that it really worked for them. And I'd say this year it probably didn't work for them again because they're just shoving it full of ads for their upcoming shows. But the only new shows they've got are Samantha Who and uh, uh, Dirty Sexy Money. Yes, which they are flogging... So much. They made, they made Dirty Sexy Money look all right, probably. They about, made it look a lot better as, than it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, whereas they made Samantha Who look exactly as unfunny as it is. So, yeah. Uh, my ad for uh, for the summer actually came from the tennis as well. It was one in the uh, longer form, more traditional ads. Oh, yes. And uh, it's it's the latest James Bogue ad. Uh, now, I I have never understood a single James Bogue ad in my life. I I. I I don't get what they're on about. They're like super short art films. Yeah, kind of. I think, I think I, the whole I still idea of it... I still don't get them. I think the whole idea of a James Bogat is uh, is you might not be the sort of person who drinks Bogues. Right. But you might be the sort of person who an old lady might try to come on to you by offering you right. to drink Bogues, in which case take that opportunity. I think that's what the Bogues ads have been saying in the past. 
Oh. It's not a simple message by any means. <laughs> <laughs> well, in uh, in this one, it's all filmed in sumptuous black and white, and uh, uh, they're all at a, it's this big flash party that looks straight out of James Bond or Mission Impossible, and this uh, sexy, seductive man arrives, and we only see his chin. Uh, we don't see we don't see anything above the chin, so we don't really know who he is. Right, he could have a moustache. He, he might not he have could, a moustache. He could. And there's a uh, there's a beautiful woman up on the balcony watching, and she notices that there's a few cameras around. So she indicates to the sexy man below with just a lift of her eyebrows that there's cameras around. What's, what sort of cameras? Like security cameras? Yeah, yeah, CCTV okay. kind of cameras. And so he obviously decides he knows how he'll respond to this. So he drinks a Bogues, which is in colour. Everything yes. else is in black and white. Uh, and suddenly on the security, the people watching the security monitors, the thugs, all suddenly, oh, there he is, there he is, the guy drinking the bogues. Meanwhile, the girl upstairs whispers to a waiter who goes off and manages to get other waiters to distribute bogues throughout the party in the time it takes the thugs to get from the control room up the steps into the ballroom. So then lots of people are drinking Bogues. So the thugs go up and grab all the people going, oh, it's you, and turn them around. But it's not him. It's other people. And then the James Bond guy smiles and walks out. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I, I and then they say, who is James Bogues? I drink, uh, I drink Bogues because I like to use it as a tool of deception. Right. And, and, and <laughs> so. not because it's simply the Tasmanian equivalent of VB. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste nearly as good as that. No, not a big fan of that beer um, or its. I mean, they're, they're, and it's, they're very it's, stylish, and it's it's very style, much a take no off substance. of uh, the 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 Pierce Brosnan character in that remake film that I can't think yeah, of. Yeah, 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 the Thomas Crown Affair. Yes, Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, yeah. sorry, I thought you were talking about Lawnmower Man. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, at least the Thomas Crown Affair kind of makes some sense. I, I have no idea. Why. And it was I, and it was a was, it was a really good film. Yep. Yeah. I have to say, I, I, and all in colour, not just the beer. <laughs> I have no idea what this ad is on about. So if if, if anybody can understand it, please uh, email if us. If you drink James Bogues, the thugs uh, are going to come to try and get you. <laughs> or leave comments on the blog at boxcutters.net. Tell us what this ad's actually about. Hi, Rob Brealy, executive producer of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? You're listening to Box Cutters, and I'm here with three of the most handsome men I think I've ever met in my entire life. Thanks, Rob Brealy. It was lovely to have you on over the summer series. It uh, was. And uh, thanks to everyone who uh, wrote on the blog and sent us emails uh, talking about how much they enjoyed the uh, couple of interviews we had mm. over summer and mm. uh, and how angry they were at Mr. Black <laughs> for, uh, for for not being able to, to come in. You're such an asshole. Everyone's angry at Mr. Black. I know. Uh, yeah. Peep Show. Peep Show. Is, uh, is a show that we've all watched a little bit of. Mm. Uh, now, this one slipped by me completely. I think mm. uh, I hadn't ever heard of it until that's it because was, you don't like uh, british comedy until it was uh loosely recommended to me by a friend over summer he he kind of said oh i've been watching this and sort of raised one eyebrow not saying i think you should watch it but certainly suggesting that maybe i should but not wanting to have the repercussions if i didn't like N- it not wanting to actually say this is good yes uh but just saying I've been watching it. Are you aware that it exists in the world? Yes. Well, I am quite prepared to say that Peep Show exists in the world. Right. (laughs) 
You don't like it? That's pretty much the best thing I can say about it. Really? Yes. Oh, dear. Now, man, dear. I was laughing away on the couch. Here's, Me too. Here's an interesting thing, because uh, over the summer you both wrote uh, on the blog about skins. Yes. And how much you really enjoy skins. Yep. And uh, I don't really like that one much at all. Okay. Either. Okay. And, uh, and Pete Show, and I could guess from watching Pete Show that you would both like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't like it. And I'm sick of talking about why I don't like things. Okay. I want to hear what am I missing out on? What what am I what am I not getting? That's my assumption that I'm not getting something. Well, a basic uh, a basic uh, sort of premise of the show is it's about two losers. Uh, Mark is a nerdy worker, mm. a forty uh, something man in a twenty something body. Forty <laughs> something is he that old? Do you think? Well, that's that's how his his attitude is. He's yeah. very conservative, yeah. and he works yep. in finance. And yep. and he's uh, his uh, housemate Jeremy is a wannabe muso. And uh, they're both kind of unlucky. Well, he's a bit of music. He's producing tracks and he's working with a, a uh, which sound very, uh, very uh, like rip-off prodigy. prodigy. <laughs> that first track, <laughs> yes. which is uh, you know about uh, even in two thousand and three, it was a good eight or ten years too late. Yep. Uh, and they're unlucky in love. Uh, Mark is in love with Sophie from work, and uh, and Jeremy has a thing for his next door neighbour Tori. Uh, and also has some <laughs> romantic entanglements with Tony. his Tony. Sorry, and also has some uh, romantic in- entanglements with his uh, creepy best friend, Super Hands, at one point. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to that, that edit was, that out. I think. That's too much. <laughs> that was the uh, that, that was the last episode that I saw. I saw four, was, I saw four episodes of it, and and you didn't, and you really didn't like that. Uh, no, but I did. You know what? In the not in the first two episodes, but in the second two episodes, there was a, a moment in each episode where I chuckled. Really? Just, yes, just, just that, chuckled. Just that little. And I wasn't sitting there actively trying to to not like it either. Yeah. I was sitting there, uh, and I did. I watched four episodes. Yep, yep. Uh, and got through it, and it was really like uh, taking cough medicine. Really? Well, oh, I, I, I put it in thinking, "What the hell is this? I've never heard of it." Didn't yep. look it up anything, and was. Just kind of writhing, writhing around on the couch when when the awkward bits were coming up, which was you know we we've seen a lot of that in oh, the office. It's- sorry, sorry, I lie. There was a time in the second episode that uh, that I also thought was funny, which was the uh, the uh, Nazi heart. Yes, thing. That, <laughs> yeah. the heart with the swastika. <laughs> yes, it's it, it's very kind of like the office in that way. In that in that it's it's from that. Uh, genre of very uncomfortable, cringeworthy humour, uh, and I think it's interesting the way they use perspective. Well, There's it's a lot it's of all, the camera's the perspective of one of the characters looking at another character. So, yep. so and, and you get the a lot of are always looking at camera. You get basically. a lot of internal monologue stuff. Yes, uh, which which alone I think is uh, the way they do it is is very very funny. Like when he's uh, depressed and he's shopping for cheese. And he's talking. And Mark's talking about how the you know the world's going to end, and he hates everything. And uh, and and he picks up a can of tomatoes. Wow, thirty three percent off! I'm doing great <laughs> shopping. <laughs> you know, my depressed state is heightening my sense of. Oh no, it's my depressed state's making me even more frugal. I just, at, at eight o'clock on a Friday night, when all the losers shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just uh, you didn't like it at all. No, not at all. And and I. I, I was actually trying to stop myself from from saying as you were listing things that you liked about it, like the perspective thing. Mm. I'm just going tick. That's that's exactly what I didn't like about it. I didn't like the perspective thing. I didn't think it worked. You didn't like the uh, internal monologue. I didn't like the don't like the internal monologues. I, I mean, I, I don't like a I don't like a voiceover at the best of times. I think it's it's lazy storytelling. 
and no, no, a, no. But this isn't storytelling. I mean, this is it's not this a voiceover. Is, I know. This I know. Is, this is a, this is a window into the characters' minds, which is hilarious. Which I, I don't think is I don't think is that I think their I think their actions are a lot more uh, a lot more funny than uh, than the internal monologues. I, I don't think there were any jokes in the internal but monologues. The, that the, I like. the internal monologues and the and the, and their actions go hand in hand. You, you you're seeing why they're doing these things. You're seeing why he's urinating in his uh, <laughs> in, in his, his superior's desk. <laughs> I, uh, whilst he's explaining it, whilst he's telling you what a definitely good idea this is <laughs> that he's that he's urinating and everything, I uh, I have to say it's I mean it's it's not it's not a terror. I can see that people would like the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be convinced. But the more mm-hmm. I think about it, the more I think that there there were bits, there were you know one or two bits in each of the episodes that I saw that uh, that made me laugh or chuckle or or whatever. There was a, a Great moment in the uh, when uh, the who's the 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 musical one Superhands no 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 Jess. The, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy Jeremy yeah uh, goes for the interview at Mark's work mm. and uh, and then just thinks he thinks that he's uh, he's either doing too badly or too well it's never really clear but he makes that stupid face yes <laughs> his twitch and then gets into and the, have you ever tried to wash up dishes without dishwashing liquid yeah. pyramid selling but it's and, not pyramid selling. <laughs> See, but again, that's that's the actions, and the actions the actions were funny, but the uh, the internal monologue. No, 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 but that goes hand work. in hand because he's explaining to you about the face thing. You would never have got the face thing if you didn't have the internal monologue. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's clever. And so, if I think he, but if he was just there funny. and he just pulled a funny face, you wouldn't know why he pulled a funny face. It would make no sense. There would be no joke there. There, there would be, there would be other ways of telling that. I think, uh, I think, I think there, I think there but, are other but that's ways. That's the whole concept of the show. I know. That's why I don't. I, I'm just going tick. I don't like. I don't like the whole concept of the show. No, I didn't recognise anybody uh, in this show from the other TV work apart from Superhands. Oh, okay, What's it, it took me a while to, to figure it out because I looked him it's up. It's Matt King. It's Matt King. Who was he based in Melbourne? He was based in Melbourne for many, many years. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh and uh, and has uh, and he, uh, you know. If you want to look at uh, pedigree, uh, one of his uh, big jobs recently was that celebrity impersonator story star, star stories. Yeah. Oh, was he yeah. on that? He was. He was on that quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really doing great stuff. <laughs> and this is this is the thing. To, to me, this comes out of the same kind of uh, UK comedy area that Star Stories came out of. That's that's where where I see this. Whereas if I compare but this it was to hilariously funny, if I compare it to to something like Nathan Barley. Uh, that was just superb and and really well thought out and really well executed and uh, and just r- really clever in in every single way I can think of. If I compare it to something like Brett, you're a big fan of uh, people like us, and uh, aren't you? No, me. Oh, you're a big fan of people like us. Sorry, I get I know the two it's of you confused. To get us confused. <laughs> uh, uh, or you're uh, a big fan of people like us, and that's really clever and and. Robert Webb, Jeremy okay. was on people like us. Yes, too. I know. He was uh, he was the uh, blank bank teller. And uh, he was very funny in that. Uh, and there is a, a show called the Matt and Brett Show or something no, like no, that. No, well, the two uh, Mark is played by David Mitchell and Jeremy's played by Robert Webb, and they're As the currently Web, Mitchell doing and Webb. the Mitchell and Webb Look, which is a sequel to their radio show, which was called the Mitchell and Webb Sound. 
and I've uh, I've seen a clip from from that. Number Wang. Number Wang. Number Wang's gold. Number Wang is very funny. really really funny. There was a clip for that on uh, on the TV Tonight website, which is definitely worth having a look at, particularly if you uh, have trouble understanding modern game shows. Yes, it's, and <laughs> and that was that was really really funny, and uh, I think. Uh, uh, I think it shows that they they can be funny, and there are moments in the show that show that shows that they can be funny. Moments that show that they, that they can be funny, uh, but I think the the concept is is largely flawed. Interestingly, too, they're the uh, they're the Mac and PC guys from the British version of the ads. Okay, well, that that would work very well. Which one was which? Uh, what do you guess. think? <laughs> uh, Which well, one looks look, more like John Hodgman? We'll uh, we'll have to agree to disagree because I've only seen the first series of of this and little snippets that I catch when I uh, when I turn it on on ABC Two and think no no I can't watch it but I can't turn it off either. Uh, I can't wait to watch the other f- I've three. I've watched uh, all three uh, seasons that I've downloaded and I'm, I've hopefully by the time I get home the fourth one will have come down. Uh, yeah, well I can't wait to watch series two, three, four, and five. And four's just finished in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to try to convince. Uh, anyone, I, I, it just—it's not for me, mm. and uh, it makes me think that I'm just maybe I'm just missing something. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Well, considering that we uh, had pork at the uh, start of the show, I think that's uh, pretty much done. Oh no, no. I had a bit more on tennis. I oh, think. Oh, uh, sorry. I, can I just say uh, the quiz will return next week for uh, yes. for people who did we, are, did we have an, a winner to announce? No, we did not. We didn't leave them with uh, a but, uh, cliffhanger at the end of last year. But the box no. cutters crumpler quiz will return next week. Oh, with, mm. with bigger and better prizes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think uh, tennis was quite good. I think the usual complaints. Just listen to last year's show because I think the coverage was pretty similar to last year, apart from just crowbarring even more and more ads in, more cross promotion. It was interesting. No, no Bruce McAvaney doing the commentary at all this year. What was, was he? Was he master of ceremonies for the court itself? Because he did he know. he only was on the final. Uh, otherwise, it was Craig Willis, I think his name is. Uh, but yeah, it was Jim Courier and guests mostly for the men's. So uh, Jim no, Courier's no, not great. No Bruce at all, which was an interesting decision uh, given how highly he is kind of regarded. Uh, and I know people would suggest that uh, seventeen hours of tennis in a day is probably enough, but uh, I I think the tennis really peaked. That was uh, through to the four thirty end of the. That was that was, game. and I think I think the tennis peaked. That was halfway through the tournament. I think the tennis peaked on that day. We had uh, three well, or look four. Look at who we had in the men's final. Uh, yeah, three or four great five set matches on that day, and uh, I think it was completely ridiculous of Channel Seven to. Uh, I understand they have to go to the news. That's one thing. But when Federer loses the first set to go to the news and then go to a years old episode of Heartbeat, yeah, that's ridiculous. From six thirty to seven thirty, it's it's just utterly ridiculous. And what about uh, slow mos on uh, asses? Which I haven't actually been you know able what? to catch you know as what? yet, but I Camer- heard the buzz about it. Cameramen will be cameramen. Directors will be directors. It's but there was nothing- also commentary stuff that, that went along with it. Yeah, something like uh, particularly it was Roger Rashid made a particularly uh, interesting comment. I think about you know saying how great it was to see. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. So, something like it's it's that's a great view or it's, it's something. something I can't like remember the exact quote. Uh, they but, they completely overdo the slow mo. But here's here's the thing with uh, here's the thing with putting on a two two year old episode of Heartbeat. Mm-hmm. 
I remember a time when the news would start late because there was an amazing tennis match on. Yep. What happened to those days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that would only happen now, I think, if Leighton was playing, possibly if Casey Delac was the, playing. You've got the world number one mm. losing his first set in 29 years. <laughs> yep. Why, why, yeah, exactly. why is that not important enough? Yep. I mean, it, you're talking about your commitment to the tennis. It's the same with Channel 9 talking about their commitment to the cricket, which I think this year has been a lot better yep. than in previous years or in recent years. Uh, Channel 7 talk about their commitment to the tennis and really hold on to the tennis as a, a major start to their television year. Uh, clearly, they would want to keep those viewers. I mean, the, the thing is... Viewers who are watching the tennis and watching an amazing match like that, mm. where where such a huge upset is happening, they're going to keep watching the tennis because they know the news is coming up yep. at a convenient time. Yep. And uh, and so they will watch the news when that happens. But it does seem that Channel Seven's not as confident about the drawing power of of its broadcast that they schedule uh, that that Hewitt game so that it would only start after, after the, cricket the cricket had finished, finished. on that day. Mm. Um, the cricket finished early and everything ran late, so it actually started later than they were intending. Yeah. Which is which is also the, uh, the, the thing about Channel 7. You, you won the ratings last year. You know that cricket isn't as popular as it was 20 years ago. Yep. Why not just catch up with the times? Yep. I, and I think Channel 7 is still doing that. They still have this monkey on their back from 20 years ago mm. when they were... Tr- when they were two, playing, three years ago. Well, yeah, when they were playing mm. catch-up. Yep. And now that they're ahead, they don't really know how to deal with that power properly. Yep. yep. Uh, and the thing is, if they break to the news at six o'clock, what's to stop someone at that time who was watching the tennis go over to another network to watch their news coverage? Yep. Why not try to retain that? Why not try to do with the tennis what you do with all your other bloody shows and mm. run it a little bit late so you retain the viewers? <laughs> and uh, why not, as we've said before, HD channel, just sitting there. Keep going with the tennis on the HD channel. For God's sake, don't don't simulcast the news on two channels. Ridiculous. Which, really? which then, they did that. Yeah. Which then is compelling content for people to go, okay, well, next year yep. I'll have an HD box. Yep. yep. And I'll... I'll set myself up for that. Yep. But just on the slow-mo thing, slow-mo of people hitting shots, quite interesting. Slow-mo of people doing their victory, yeah, or Leighton doing come on, unnecessary and, mm-hmm. and completely overused. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Um, one of the most painful things for me over summer has been uh, Channel 10's way over uh, promotion of The Biggest Loser. Mm-hmm. And So You Think You Can Dance, the Australian version of that. Yes. Mm. Now, there, there have been billboards everywhere and the billboards are really badly designed because it says so you think you can dance it says so you think you can dance on 10 australia that's the way it reads rather than so you think you can dance australia on 10 it it's kind of designed so poorly that uh the on 10 is meant to be next to what is supposed to be a block of So You Think You Can Dance Australia, but it, the O from on is right next to dance. It just looks like a continuation of the sentence. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, but like ten, ten, just, poles, ten pole shows. I mean, they've, but, got, they've got three of them that they're going to build their... Four of them now that they're going to try and build their whole year around. They've got Loser, Big Brother, 
dance uh, idol. When are they going to give up that concept of event television? I mean, last year they saw that it wasn't working as well as it had the previous six years. Mm. So this year they got an extra show. So I, I think what, what we're going to see uh, in this coming year, and this is this is my prediction for, for the coming year for our, our first show, uh, Channel 9 have had a wake-up call and uh, Channel 7 and 10 still don't really understand what, what's happening. Yep. <laughs> Did you see the Sunday papers this weekend? No. Uh, David, cover DVDs on the Herald oh, Sun yes, and yes. The Age. Uh, the Age had uh, the Channel, Channel 9. 9 with yes. Which pushing Daisies, a whole episode of whole Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies and, and uh, trailers for other upcoming shows. And Herald Sun had uh, Channel 10's uh, showreel, nothing from 7 anywhere that I saw. No. Yeah, and uh, interesting and I, way to do it. I think that I think that is a fantastic way to do it, and especially mm. if you've got a show like Pushing Daisies, that, uh, that was it the first one. So was it the whole setup? I'm th- sure it would. I, be. It would have to be. Wouldn't make sense uh, otherwise. That uh, isn't the sort of show that you can promote very easily. It's not very. It's it's not very easy to advertise that show. Plus, word of mouth is probably the strongest. Yes, strongest way of looking. Uh, if, if people watch it and go, "Oh wow, that looks really different," and it's really entertaining. Uh, mm. And and pushing Daisy's was, I, I, it really picked up towards the uh, the end of the first season, or, or what they showed of it. Mm. Mm. Uh, so you know, good luck to them. Lost is back on this week uh, through the Looking Glass, which was the finale of Lost is being shown in the US the night before the new episode premieres, an enhanced version. Oh, really? With uh, little clues and tidbits and other stuff printed along the bottom of the screen. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> You went from, oh, really? To, oh, really? Yeah. Channel 7 going to be showing that? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll be running I, a I, week later no, in I the think, US. I, I think, think uh, they're showing a Secrets of They're Lost. showing a Secrets of Lost this week and uh, in the time slot, and then next week they're showing the first episode. And so. I think Matthew Fox is coming out, possibly. Yeah, Ma- Matthew Fox is uh, is in town. I am trying to get him on the show, but I'm not, I, I doubt it's going to happen. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, yeah, so I don't really think there'd be much in that, but... You know, could be could be an interesting watch. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm quite looking forward to Lost coming back. Mm. I was trying to explain to a, a, a friend of mine earlier this afternoon. Uh, he said, "Now, in in thirty seconds, maybe a minute, can you bring me up to date on Lost?" <laughs> and uh, and I, I tried. I said, "It'll probably take about three hours. Uh, so why don't we go for five minutes?" Have you seen the ads yet? No. Right. Just haven't been showing the ads. I think they got them off YouTube because the quality is just shocking, particularly on the HD channel. Uh, but there's something there that I think is very interesting. But if you haven't seen it, I'm I not going to ask you. I find Channel 7's well, ads give away way too much I was playing the future uh, story. I was mm. playing the uh, the online game. Uh, again, they had a puzzle game yep. uh, beforehand, and I, uh, I spent a, a good three or four hours playing, uh, was playing that, that game. Was it Lost Pieces or...? Uh, it's uh, about this uh, this Australian guy whose uh, whose girlfriend was a stewardess on Flight Eight One Five, and uh, and he and Oceanic have announced that they're no longer uh, they're no longer looking for the wreckage, and they've just declared everybody dead. Uh, so uh, he wants to find out what really happened. So he goes uh, he goes on this uh, tour to, to try to find out. Uh, I played that for the first. Like three hours, and then uh, and then went. You know what? I don't really have time for this anymore. Mm. 
But I am looking forward to new episodes. But I am looking forward to new episodes. (laughs) That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 117. It's good to be back. It really is good to be back. Mm. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it. I want to say thank you very much to, uh, well, both our guests over over the summer series, Alex Paps and uh, and Rob Brearley. Heads up to next week's panellists. We'll talk to you next week, James. Yep. Uh, I also want to say thanks to Crumpler, our giveaway sponsors, uh, who are excellent to us, and the quiz will return next week. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Crumpley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs>